Hey guys, welcome back to Season 2 of the Asian Hustle Network Podcast, where we dive deep into stories of Asian entrepreneurs around the world. Be sure to check out our book, Uplifted, Journeys of Abundance, Community, and Identity, and check out our directory and marketplace at AsianHustleNetwork.com. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. If you like this podcast, don't forget to leave a five-star review. Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network Podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi everyone, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. His name is Eric Feng. Eric went from being an unknown local trainer in Singapore to a celebrated global speaker, all thanks to social media. Prior to COVID-19, Eric traveled the world. His record was 37 countries in a year to teach salespeople and entrepreneurs how to use social media to attract paying customers without running ads. He has a presence across eight social media platforms and recently got his verified blue tick on Facebook and TikTok. Eric, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. We have Eric on the show today. Eric, let's hop into the first question. What was your childhood like and how did you become the person you are today? Well, now I have a photo of myself right now in front of me just to you know, kind of put myself back into the, the, the childhood days, right? I think, I think that Eric in, in his early days was very shy, very scrawny, and also extremely self-conscious. I, I still remember my best friend. We've been friends for like 30 years. She once said to me that, hey, you know, I noticed something. We might not notice that you're not in the classroom. And, and she did not say it in a very mean way. She just said it in a, a factual discovery that, oh my God, when you're not around, we, we didn't even realize that. And also that was kind of uh, who I am uh, during my school days. And it was, of course, not fun because you don't get to date the people that you like. Um, you don't get invited to class like parties. You don't get invited by your friends to their house to play games. So I was quite a loner during the during the school days. And honestly, that you're anything but a I don't know quote unquote loner now because you're so social. <laughs> I, I see you over social media. You're so you're so awesome, right? You definitely like put your personality out there a lot and. It's kind of interesting hearing that, you know, you were once called Mr. Invisible, right? And I want to hear about the transformation about you becoming more visible, not only to the world, but to yourself, right? Got it. Uh, Well, I I wish there was like a magic pill you can eat, right? And all of a sudden, you know, I just become a lot more confident, but it really took a long process because whatever I just shared with you was my secondary school days, right? So that was 13 to 16. And the only way I can can protect my self-worth was really studying. That was the only thing. There was no social media back then. So I told myself that, you know what? Okay, fine. I have not, I don't have a lot of friends. I'm invisible. And to the extent, right, Brian, just to share how bad it was, at 13 years old, we have this program called the uh, ERP, which is Enrichment Reading Program or English Reading Program, where we have to put out a play, you know, based on a book. And my class picked Hamlet, which is by Shakespeare, right? And Hamlet is the main character. Now, I secretly wanted to be Hamlet, of course. Everybody secretly wants to be the main hero, right? Well, obviously they don't choose, of course I wasn't chosen. I dare not put up my hands because I don't want to get laughed at. So they picked the most popular guy, but you know, the script 
is tough, right? It's very hard to memorize a Shakespeare play. So the guy gave up one month later. We picked the second most popular guy, the third most popular guy, all gave up. And within the last week of the play, everyone was desperate. And then they say, you know what? Uh, uh, who wants to do it? And then I just like, oh, maybe I can do it. And eventually I, I did my best. I thought that that was a great way to build my self-worth. I actually won the best actor award, but I got zero appreciation from a single one of my classmates zero you know so so that was my attempt right trying to you know maybe be good at acting you know that that failed so i, I started doing studying i studied really hard and um, I, I taught the class almost every year that was my way of protecting myself i say that you know what so since i can't have friends now i'll just be the most hardworking, be the most student uh studious person in the classroom and I did do well in school, but that didn't really get me friends. But that was how I survived my secondary school days. That was how I tell myself, like, you know what? It's okay. You study hard, you get a good job. One day your friends will regret not being your friend. <laughs> it's so lame to think about it right now. But that was exactly how I comfort myself, studying, just being the best student ever. Okay. That's that's a really interesting story. And I don't know, I don't know if you really call them friends, right? Because <laughs> I think any true friends really acknowledge you. And I'm glad that, you know, you were able to move on from that experience and, and at least show to yourself that, you know, if you work hard enough or prove to yourself that you can become a brand new person. And I think that's really valuable because I think a lot of us try to reevaluate ourselves and be like, okay, like I'm just the way I am. I can't change. But the fact that you reevaluate yourself, I can change. And honestly, I feel like you're one of those guys out there that continuously grow. Right. And I feel like you're able to take your past experiences and sort of just roll in the new things and become more of the person you are today. You know, you, for you guys that don't know, check out Eric's Instagram Thank <laughs> you. the show notes, but like, you'll see what I mean by, by Eric is the way he is. And that's, I think it's awesome. Right. And, but it really took time, you know, because like you think about it, I was hiding behind the mask of being a good student. Right. And, and, and actually it bites me a later part of the year. I mean, my career. So, I mean, of course the studying thing made me really good at it. And that's why I'm in education because I, I love studying. I love learning. So I naturally love teaching as well. So that's why I, I became a corporate speaker. But I remember in my very first year, it was where my demons just came back because I was struggling a lot, right? And all of a sudden I realized that because in the education business previously, there was no TikTok. So everyone has this notion that you gotta be, you gotta have white hair or no hair, you know, in order to be a speaker. And um, I have to say, it doesn't really help that back then, you know, uh, speaking is a very American thing. So a lot of corporate companies here in Asia, they only hire American speakers. They would never hire Asian. If they hire us as Asian, usually we're just a trainer. We're just doing a very short bit. So there was a lot against me and, and I was young, I was inexperienced. In fact, doing a lot of meetings, I, I'll get a lot of eye rolling because they're like, wait, you're a speaker? Like, how old are you? And one lady, she even said to me in Mandarin, she said, right? what, what it means is the amount of salt um, that she eats is more than the rice I eat, implying that I'm super young. And in my head, I was thinking, if you eat so much salt, you're going to die of kidney failure. You know? But that, that was exactly how it is. A lot of rejections. And then suddenly I got brought back to my school days. I was like, oh my God, it's, it's history all over again. And, and I, I was very close to quitting. And I have to say that my turning point was having a mentor. And I really think that having mentors is uh, underrated. Like we really can't do things on our own. And that there are people out there who share the same values with us, who have been through the same, you know, uh, have to share the same demons that could help you. 
So I had this uh, mentor. He was the one that introduced me to the world of social media. He said that, you know, people don't appreciate you until you become a somebody. Like, you know, you need to have a following. You need to have a certain popularity and authority. And then people come to you. It's an attraction game. So I, I did, right? I took his advice. I, I went on social media. But after a few months, I, I still did not get the results I want. Came back to him and he said, you know what? I think, Eric, I know what's the problem. You know, he, his wife, he's, this year, he's already 70 plus years old. I said, what's the problem? And, and I was very afraid that he would say, I'm the problem. Because then if I'm the problem, then he can't help me, then no one can help me, right? He said that I think the problem is because people treat you like a nobody because you saw yourself as nobody in the first place. And, and that was a, a turning point for me because, um, you know, we always talk about personal branding, right? We need to put ourselves out there and we want the world to love us. But you know what? The world is simply a reflection of how you treat yourself. So if you see yourself as a nobody, then guess what? People are going to start treating you like a nobody. It manifests. That was the turning point. And it happened only in my third year of my career. So I wish he came earlier. I would have been the most popular kid in class, but he came, you know, much later. And, and that was why um, my major breakthrough came when I started working on my self-image. Like when I started being my own biggest fan, when I started celebrating myself, that was where my fan base came. And it was so important. Nothing to do with social media. It's about your self-worth, how you see yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do agree with that statement. You know, like having mentors is very, very important to be able to tell you straight up, like, I mean, what needs to be improved, right? Obviously there's, has, there's a lot of nuances too, where you have to really trust your mentor's advice and understand that he or she has the best intention for you. Right. So I, so I do true. appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. I think with the social media stuff, I contrary to belief, it's like, it really starts from within, like how you view yourself is how you reflect into the world. And, and I feel like if you don't have things figured out, like you reflect a lot of insecurities, you reflect a lot of anger, things you really need to work on, right? So, I mean, I, I do feel like social media is a powerful tool, but more importantly, like self-growth, personal growth is absolutely very, very important. 100% and, agree with you. And on the topic of self-growth, you know, you know, looking through your Instagram and your, you know, LinkedIn and everything, your self-growth has led you to develop superpowers, Right. And I want to talk about those four superpowers that you have and particularly talk about them more in detail. So Got what, it. Are your, what are your superpowers? Well, I wouldn't say they are my superpowers, but uh, I, are, superpowers. superpowers I discovered, you know, uh, that social media can give you. So number one, you know, the first superpower of social media is that it helps you build relationships with people that matters at scale. And then number two, social media allows you to build your personal brand so that you can be top of mind. And number three, social media helps you find quality customers. And number four, social media allows you to attract allies and partners, people like yourself, that share the same values with you to do things together to collaborate. And uh, I think that that's the amazing part about being on social media. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know you use your social power, social media powers to grow your personal business as well. And I want to hear the transition throughout your entire career. What was your first job like? What was your second job like? Your third? And how did each one of these experiences lead you up to becoming the person you are today? Because I would imagine that they're sort of radically different from each other, right? Thing is like, I feel like with each career choice and each job you go through, you always take that one piece of experience and roll it over to the next one until you become your own entrepreneur. And now the only, only experience and knowledge you have is dependent on the experience and knowledge you had before. So I want to hear all so that. True. 
Well, I, I, I remember I told you like, you know, my self-identity was just being a good student, right? And studying really hard. That was how I protect myself. And, and as a result of that, I had a, a, a good scholarship. So I was working for a, a government organization and, and it was a tech company, right? It was an IT scholarship. But that was when I realized that I was so inadequate. <laughs> I did not know how to program. I was struggling at work. I, I was not motivated at all. Well, in retrospect, I can now say this, that I remember I took a lot of MC medical leave. I was, I was really not working. I was disengaged, absolutely disengaged. And I, I tell you why this is an important experience, because sometimes you need to know what you don't like. You know, because people tell me that I don't know what I want, but it's okay. You don't have to start with what you want. You can start with what you don't want. And I do not want a desk job. I do not want to work for somebody. I have my own direction. I have my own thing. So it was so clear, you know, after like three years of, of that. And I was so fortunate that in my last year, they sent me to Sri Lanka because no, back then the Tamil Tigers were still there. No one wanted to go to Sri Lanka and I'm the fresh grad, so I had to go. But it was one of the best times of my life. You know why? Because I was all alone there being a liaison person. So I have a lot of free time. The Sri Lankans there are very family oriented. So after work, they don't go out to party and drinks. They go back home, which means I have no friends again. You know, so I spend all my time working on one skill and that's public speaking. And the reason why I want to work on public speaking was because another mentor of mine shared with me that in the corporate world, it's not about how smart you are. It's about, you know, how well you communicate. If you communicate well, people are going to perceive you as capable. The keyword here is perceive. You may not be capable, but people think you are. So I figured, oh, wow, that would be a great skill for promotion. So I spent a year, you know, really uh, learning about public speaking, working on my public speaking skills, even blogging about it. But what I didn't realize was that blog eventually became a book and that book eventually got me on tv and led me into the education industry where i started writing speeches for you know some of the c-suite and business leaders so that was how i i, I switched but so fast, you know, 360 degrees into the corporate training world. And at this point, I just want to tell every one of you that, you know, sometimes you, you, you're you not happy with whatever that you, you go through. But I always think that it is everything that you experience is for your good. It's never for, it's never to hurt you, but it's to strengthen you and it's to make you better. Because if I did not go through that horrible work experience, I would not have known what I do not want. If I had not gone for that Sri Lanka thing, which I was so scared about, because I was so scared of being lonely, I would not have been so focused on working on a skill. And if not for that skill, I would not have a career today. So everything works for our good. We just got to trust the process. Yeah, everything you said is, is extremely relatable to myself, at least, right? And I had the same feeling, too. When I got out of college, I'm like, wow, I really stuck at everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it really takes time and, and awareness to figure out what you like and don't like. Because I think a lot of us, when we enter the workforce, like it's our first job ever. Like our experiences are way different from what our parents experienced, right? And honestly, with our generation, it's hard to imagine anything or it's hard to be prepared for your first corporate job because your parents yes. when they see you like dress up nicely and dress shirt and suit and tie and they're like extremely happy for you already but that's like most parents dreams where it just ends there like they don't keep dreaming when you actually work your job you know <laughs> you like the nuances of like what a work environment is like so i absolutely agree with that statement where it's like you know all of us are human at the end of the day right we go through these various emotions and when we look at you, Eric, we look at our other people as well. And it's like, wow, you definitely have it all together. Like, how can I be like you? I must be so inadequate. 
But here you are sharing your story that, you know, it takes a lot of determination and awareness to realize that these are things you need to work on. Right. And I feel like society puts a huge emphasis on things you suck at and kind of put you down really, really hard. Oh, you're really bad at that. You shouldn't do that anymore. But I feel like through consistency, practice and determination, like you can be really good at anything you set your mind to. Right. And I think a lot of people, so forget sure. that. Yeah. A lot of people forget that a lot of people forget that, you know, no one is an expert at the very beginning. Right. Like we, we all suck at it at the very beginning. It just takes time to improve. You know how I look at life. I'm a gamer, right? I, are you a gamer? Do you play games? I, I guess everybody plays games these days. Uh, it's a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I, now this is how I look at life, right? Life is a computer game. And when you see bad guys, you know, you're on the right direction. Right. Nobody complains in a computer game when they die. Nobody, you know, people are just, oh, I died. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to jump faster, you know. Oh, I, I'm gonna get a big boss. Oh my god, he's big and terrible. But it's okay if I win it, you know, I see the pattern, I see roughly how he attacks me, right? There's a certain pattern. I win. The bigger the, the boss, the bigger the reward. I think we need to see life like that. That when we meet bad guys, it's not a bad thing. It's supposed to be that thing, because it's supposed to make us stronger. Because I always believe that life have only one single purpose and it's to help you be the best version of yourself everything are just vehicles for your personal evolution your relationships your career your anything so if you see it with that lens then you're not going to feel miserable when bad things happen to you you're either going to learn or you're going to celebrate yeah I, I like that i like that breakdown because it all falls into the growth mindset right yes continuous growth mindset where it's like you view every challenge as an opportunity to become a better person a better a better version of yourself because at the yes. end of the day it's right. you versus you not you versus the world not you versus other people it's so easy to compare ourselves but in reality it's like when you see a challenge and you mentally accept that this is an opportunity for you to level up the journey is the best is the best way to see it and to double that, so number one, I love it that you frame it as growth mindset. I think self-awareness, you alluded to that, was very important as well because um, we should not be barking out the wrong tree. I feel that at, at very early on in the game, we need to understand our strengths. You know, there's so many assessments out there to help you understand what you're good at, what you're not good at. And I think that we should be spending our effort and energy and time working on the, the areas that we're really, really good at because those are the areas that we later will use to serve the world, to make the world a better place. Yeah. And then that's where you get a fulfillment. Absolutely agree with that statement. <laughs> so let's continue off that statement, right? Yeah. Focus back on yourself. So I noticed through your LinkedIn profile that, you know, I really like the tagline digital transformation strategies. Yes. Help financial advisors succeed in a digital 3.0 world. And let's frame it in the context of what is the 3.0 world? Because that doesn't relate to everything that we see on social media right now. So uh, what is the 3.0 world? Well, I mean, I use the word 3.0 world, you know, to represent the metaverse, <laughs> right? And if you think about it, right, everything was, you know, disconnected and then everything back to web 2.0, everything was connected. And then now we're going to disconnect again, right? This time we're giving a lot of autonomy back to us, content creators and individuals, Right. So that's the world that I, I foresee is going to happen. The metaverse. So right? what is and, the metaverse? What yeah. Metaverse? So, so a lot of people think that metaverse is like a virtual world. And I do agree that if you watch Ready Player One, you would think that metaverse is a, is a virtual world. But I think that metaverse is not just a virtual world. It's actually a moment in time. I read it on Twitter that it's a moment in time where our digital assets become more important than our physical assets. 
You think about it today, you know, nobody cares about Rolex. People care about bot apes or the NFTs, right? People don't care about real photos. They just care about filters, right? I don't care about my, you know, my, my resumes. I care about my social media profiles, right? I get upset when my content uh, don't go viral. You know, people don't care about that in the past. So everything digital has a lot more value these days. We're spending a lot more time on a mobile phone. We're spending more time on e-commerce, buying things, connecting with people on live stream, playing games on Twitch, you know, this is the world, the digital world. And unfortunately, the target market I'm working with are still very much in love with the olden world, the physical world. And so I'm helping them, you know, to, to, to I see myself like Moses, <laughs> bringing them to that new world. And that's why I wrote what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good perspective, right? And that's for, for a lot of people, the metaverse is still very confusing, right? Oh, because yes. I think the first question we asked had to ask ourselves: How do you even get into the metaverse, right? Because I can't even find a door. <laughs> you know, it's easy to talk about it. We see a lot of NFT stuff nowadays. You know, and you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I, oh, when so I take much. the opportunity to like really like demystify some of the misinformation out there and talk about the metaverse particular right and the future implication that it might have on everything. You started alluded to it and saying that. Everything we do touches upon, you know, in the digital, in the digital world. That's correct. So I give us like a prime, like walk us through like a, like a detailed prime example of like a metaverse feeling of like, how'd you enter? How'd you create things? Like, can you be anything in the metaverse? Because what I'm seeing in my mind right now is like a sim simulation. Whereas I can walk into a metaverse as a teddy bear. <laughs> right. uh, I just wanted to explain, have you explain to your audience, like what, what, like how do you get in? What's the metaverse? Well, you know, uh, I have, a, I have an easier time than you because you know I'm, I'm dealing with financial advisors in their world. The metaverse at this point of time is social media. <laughs> Can you imagine that, that, you know, for them, they are still not used to being active on social media. You must understand this is an industry that was so used to face-to-face meetings. They're very used to doing road shows and, and cold calls. To them, the metaverse is, I think of it, metaverse is like a spectrum and that the social media is, a, is part of the metaverse. In, view, in future, it's going to evolve. I, I think about it in future, you know, I probably will need a, you know, I think what, what they call the Oculus lens, right? We're going to wear that and I'm going to immediately step into your world where I'll get to know you by your social media profiles, your NFTs, which is basically your, your items that you acquire. You see, think about it. People today associate themselves with the photos that they've taken, right? In future, people are going to associate themselves with the items they collect. It's just that those items will be digital, which means that if I step into your website, the website in future is not just uh, uh, me seeing your website. I'm actually in your website interacting with you. And that website could potentially be like, you know, for me, I love the forest. So I will invite you to my world and it's going to be a forest. You're going to be hearing birds chirping. You're going to be hearing sounds and you're going to see all my corgis because that's what I love. And probably they're all NFTs, you know? So, so I would just say that anything that you see that is the physical, just think of it as in future, there's a digital version of that. And, you know, as you said this, right, just a few minutes ago, I was posting a video of a Korean singer who passed away in 2013, right? And uh, recently they did, they did a concert and they actually beamed him back on hologram. And you can't tell the difference that he was actually a hologram. And the mom and the wife was there and they, they cried because you can't tell the difference between real and unreal. 
So uh, I would say that the, the metaverse is still evolving. Like how back then we don't understand the social media world. Right now we do after so many years. Yeah. I think that metaverse is going to always be in the unfolding. But if you are in business, you don't have to worry too much about that because your environment might change. But one thing don't change is customers are still the boss. You know, they are the real bosses. They can take the business away from you. They can fire your, your CEO by taking the business away from you. So uh, my compass, my true north is not metaverse. My true north is not the trends out there because trends are like the climate. It changes, right? What I focus on is my true north, which is my customer. Who are the customers? What problems they have? I will figure out the best way to solve the problems. If as an entrepreneur, we focus on our customers and focusing on how their problems evolve, the solutions will evolve accordingly. We don't have to write on trash just so that, you know, we are, because we are formal or because we need to, we don't have to. Your true north is your customer. You take care of your customers, your customers take care of you in all, all times. I don't care what 3.0, 4.0, 5.0. As long as the customers are there, they'll take care of you. I think that's more important. That's correct. That's correct. I think a lot of us forget that in entrepreneurship too, you know, and it's a good segue to talk about that too. It's like, you learn a lot by learning from your, your audience, your community, you know, your customer, because like you're as an entrepreneur, like your job is to solve those problems, right? To make exactly. life a lot easier for a lot of people. So in your field, especially, how do you survey these type of advice and how do you like get to know the audience you're working with? Got it. Well, that's where social media comes in, right? Because, you know, like, so I'll give you an example. Like I work with financial advisors and insurance agents uh, all around the world. There are a few hashtags on uh, Instagram where you will find all of them. So within the hashtags that I use, I will be able to connect with hundreds of them, you know, in a single week. And all I need to do is just ask them one question. Like, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing right now that's stopping you from achieving your goal? And if you listen to hundred people, eventually you'll see a pattern and then you go solve that. Case in point, when I first started, remember I told you I wrote a book on public speaking. I started with public speaking because that was the only skill I have. I teach it for a while. And then later on, that I, I, when I was working with my audience, they keep asking me the same question. Eric, I don't get it. You're so young. How do you manage to even be a speaker? And then I realized that it's not because I'm good, but it's because I'm likable. Because <laughs> a lot of clients that eventually bought me, uh, bought me because of me. They wanted to support me. It's not because I'm good. There's so many good people out there. That was when I evolved into my second topic on charisma, where I realized that it's the people skills that actually helped me be successful. And I thought that for a while. And then one day in Taiwan, a big CEO of an insurance company came to me and said, Eric, here's the problem with charisma. He said, you can teach all my guys charisma, but they, they don't even able, they're not even able to attract customers to them. There's no, there's no way their charisma can show up. And he said that I don't care whether they are new agents or old agents, both of them have a lead generation problem. They cannot, they do not know how to get customers. Boom, I evolved. So I realized that no, I need to teach them how to get customers. That was when social media was, was there. So I experimented with social media and I was like, okay, I'm going to show them how to use social media to get customers. Boom, it worked. Then COVID strike. I was lucky. Can you see that? So your true north is just keep serving. Be, be passionate about helping your customers. Listen to them by taking them out for meals. Ask them questions. Don't talk too much. You know, social media is a great platform to listen as well. And once you notice a pattern, then you go out there and look for solutions. Because ultimately, the amount of money you make is the market's feedback of your value. The bigger problem you solve, the more money you make. It's as simple as that. That's really, that's really, really good. That's a really good point. Right. Because like, you're right. You saw a big problem and it all comes back to you from, from that perspective. But like, 
you can't just be very predatory about it. You have to show, you know, you, you have to be genuine about it. Right. You have to, yes. Honestly, like this is where, as you mentioned earlier, where passion comes in, right. You have to be really passionate about the problem you solve because if you're out there and just trying to make a quick buck, people wouldn't know. And that would create a lot of distrust with you and the brand. Right. So, so true. Like, a lot of it is like you actually, from Eric's point of view and Eric's heart is that people, you actually care about people and you know, you build a relationship first because like everything else in life, relationship is more important than a dollar. I, I firmly believe that. Right. And I feel like you do a good job at doing that because you keep on emphasizing that the customer is key. Customer is important. And you built systems around that hypothesis. And that's, that's, that's awesome to hear about that transition. And I'm kind of curious, like what is next for Eric? Right. Oh, <laughs> well, so remember I told you, right. Social media was, was, was what I, was 3.0 for me. Right. So evolved from uh, public speaking, charisma uh, and to social media. Now it's evolved to, that's why I say digital transformation, because the problem with agents today is that not everybody can read and write, sorry, they can read, but not everybody can write and produce good content. Not everybody is fluent. Not everybody is great at um, copywriting and speaking on podcasts. So now I'm actually building content libraries. I'm building, um, AI systems to have it. So that's where the full circle comes in. I'm going back in the tech again uh, to work directly with the marketing agent, basically marketing departments of insurance companies, to create all this content. So the agents just got to share those content and leads come. And uh, with AI, I won't want to review too much, but you know, with AI, we can analyze exactly what kind of content gets us the most leads, which will help companies then generate better products. So I'm doing it for them right now through true agencies so that's my next space <laughs> i love it you're always on the next move right yeah. so that's why i say that the, the key is that it's really use your customer as a true north right you will never be lost yeah absolutely and you keep doing that over and over you know and yeah. I, I didn't expect this type of answer and i love it i love it right it's just, just <laughs> more character to who you are so i guess one of the final two questions i want to ask is i love I love your backgrounds. I love your mic. I love oh, you know, your camera. Sure. And for you guys, for you guys that didn't know, I was actually on Eric's podcast like a year yes! ago. Yes. Right? So good. How the introvert <laughs> builds a community is still one of our best episodes. <laughs> and you know, I, I, Eric really impressed me during that podcast. It's, it's, he has oh, a great setting, you. great color. Eric dresses really well. So I'm kind of curious how you came up with that style, right? How did you develop oh. that personality style where it's like, when you look at stuff like that, not only through our podcasts or your podcast, but it's also reflected on your social media as well. How do you pick the colors that you pick and the lighting and the design? It really took background. time. It took time because remember I told you I was living in a lot of people's shadow, right? Because I wasn't very proud of who I am. I, I didn't see the best in myself. But the cool thing is that as I started appreciating my style, I started seeing the best in myself. I started gaining confidence to step up and be my own kind of beautiful. Like I, I have to admit, I cry in movies. I can't help it. I am. I can't help but to be really positive. So positive. I got COVID positive just two weeks ago, but I can't help it. You know, Brian, like sometimes when I go out with my friends, when they share me bad stuff, I can't help but to naturally tell them, Hey, you know, there's a positive way to look at it to the extent I get become the butt of the joke sometimes because my friends will, will, will do me, right? They're like, uh, Eric is always so positive. And they're like, no, you can solve it. You know, then they'll try to imitate me. 
But as I, as I grow up, I realized, you know what? That's just who I am. I, I'm not going to be embarrassed about being positive. I'm not going to be embarrassed about being optimistic. I'm not going to be embarrassed about, you know, not being, not knowing my direction and not going to be embarrassed about loving colors. And, and I choose pink. And the reason why I chose pink is because a lot of guys are very terrified of using pink, right? Cause they think that pink is a feminine color. And I want to show people that, hey, you know what? Part of branding, it's about doing things different. Like you want to be different. Uh, you want to, you want to just, you know, embrace that part of you that you fear that people would be afraid of. Like I'm like, now I'm actually known as a guy who wear pink a lot, not because- I, I um, like pink, you know, by the way. <laughs> that, yeah, there's a pink behind you as well. But you think about it, there was so much stereotype about, oh no, you shouldn't get pink pink then you know people think that you're girly right but i i chose pink so that i can encourage people to say that hey i'm a guy i love pink and you should step up and just be authentic and just like what you like that's also the reason why my spirit animal is a unicorn right i like uh, it. It, it everywhere i have a lot of gifts like people buy me a lot of gifts and they always buy me unicorns because i talk about unicorn all the time that you know unicorn is really just a horse with a horn and just because of the magical horn now this horse becomes super high, highly valuable so we need to find that horn we need to find our uniqueness and that's why self-awareness is so important I love it. I love that analogy. I like that you like yeah. unicorns because I kind of like unicorns. <laughs> yeah, I love, like not the unicorn that the entrepreneurs talk about, but I just yeah. think that unicorn, Pegasus, uh, they all just represent a normal thing that's extraordinary because they focus on their uniqueness. Absolutely. And I think we should all focus on that. Absolutely. I guess that's a great segue for the last question. How? What kind of advice would you have to a young kid out there that feels invisible? Right. Oh, wow. And I, I feel like your story is really relatable to a lot of people because I feel like with the Asian experience, it's like most of the time, like, you know, we, we, we're not, we're not really known as being outspoken. Right. And how do you become, how do we grow into our own self? And I want the generate, I want a new generation of, of very outspoken individuals who aren't afraid to be who they are and sort of in a way, very unapologetic to be who they are. Right. And I want to hear what advice you have for them. Well, this is a great question. Sorry, the long pause is because I'm thinking because I'm not prepared for that question. Not that I'm prepared for any Brian's question, but this is, this is so important. You know, you see, Brian, you see the thing is this. The word invisible already implies a perspective. You can only be invisible if I'm looking at you, right? So if you guys want to not be invisible, then you need to stop living your life based on people's opinions of you. You gotta stop living life based on validation and opinions. Because only when you you your basis of living and validating yourself is through other people's opinion, that's when you have the potential to be invisible. What's more important is to start seeing yourself, <laughs> literally seeing yourself, uh, literally appreciating yourself and understanding yourself so that you can appreciate yourself and work on your strengths. And when you start to see the best in yourself, guess what? The world responds. And then you automatically become visible. That's why I always say, you know, people don't care about your story until you win, you succeed. And that's why you got to win, right? But in order to do that, it always starts with celebrating yourself. And to celebrate yourself, you need to first be aware of yourself and to work on yourself. And when that happens, automatically, the, the world will start to take notice of you. I like that. I like the answer. And I like, I like one part of your answer that really stood out to me was when you work in your strength, Right. And that's so important to me because we're still taught to work on your weaknesses all the time and really show like 
oh, you got to work in your weakness. And you just really feel terrible about yourself because I think we have a lot more weaknesses than we have strengths, right? But when you focus on your strengths, it's what makes you unique. It's what makes you a unicorn. It's so what makes true. you special, right? Yes. I really like that, that part of your answer a lot. So I appreciate that. You're also welcome. Thank you for asking your question. I, I love it. Yeah. Of course. So Eric, how can our listeners find out more about you and reach out to you online? Well, I'm, I'm super active on Instagram. So um, if you guys hear this episode and you love it, so remember to share the podcast with all your friends. Thank Brian, thank myself. We'd love to reach out to you one day. And if you guys ever come to Asia or specifically Singapore, I would love to host you. So just, just let me know. Not just Brian, but anyone who listens to HM. Uh, Eric, Eric is quite honest about this. So take off his offer, hang on him. Yeah, before, and that'd be awesome. Just tag us too. I want to hear more about that story. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Eric. Thanks for having me. Of course. Stay safe. Thank you. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.